This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? It's Paul Garino. I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Corey Allison, a.k.a. Corey Jepson, a.k.a. CJEP. Corey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. What's up, man? Nothing. Appreciate Good you coming on. on. Uh, average to Savage. Yeah, for sure. I've been trying to get That's you on Corey. for a while. Well, thanks. I'm glad. I'm glad to be on, man. We go, we go way back. Yeah, for sure. Seven, seven, eight years, nine years. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, but I remember your first logo, and you, uh, and you had it on the t-shirt going cross. And who was the baseball player that that ripped you? After? Oh, Brandon Phillips. No, it was even older than that. It was an older guy. Oh, Chuck Knobloch. <laughs> yeah, do you remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was technically my very first pro athlete, but that was before I had a, had the logo designed by you. Yeah, I just think that was cool because you were you were doing it before you know you even had a real brand foundation. You were just out there making it happen. Yeah, I didn't even know I was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so tell tell me tell me a little bit about yourself. And you grew up in uh, Idaho, right? Yes, I was born in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and it felt really funny, but. Coeur d'Alene is it's in the Panhandle, it's in the north, so we don't grow any potatoes or anything. It's more or less like Washington, very evergreen uh, mountain mountain ranges, stuff like that. And um, uh, Coeur d'Alene's a resort town, so we get like a lot of celebrities will come up here to escape the grind and um, and stuff like that, and they'll like have houses up here. And so that's where I'm from, and that's where I'm born. It's a pretty cool place. And now I'm currently living in Spokane, Washington which is only about 30 to 32 miles. Actually, it's 32 miles. That's a weird range I just gave you, but <laughs> it's, it's, 30, it's 30, 32 miles from Coeur d'Alene, and I live in downtown Spokane uh, in the city. Gotcha, gotcha. How, how did you get into graphic design, like, originally? Like, maybe, like, or uh, were you in a, like, did you grow up, like, like painting or, like, drawing or anything? Well, I do, I did not grow up an artist or whatever. There's no special skill. I, actually, I would say that I'm not a great artist at all. Um, even today, I'm not. But I got into graphic design because I enjoyed doing digital artwork for companies and small businesses and stuff. And I always did it kind of on the side. I, I learned to do design and video production and stuff like that as a production person in the year uh, around 2011. What is it now? 2019. 2019. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, about 2011. That's crazy. 2011. Yeah, I learned it. I think. No, maybe it was 2001. It's one of the ones. <laughs> uh, I just remember back then. Uh, I, I, I just kind of started learning it a little bit, and um, I enjoyed it and started uh, trying to make my money and trying to make it work. And then one day I moved to Florida and then I was in Florida trying to grind over there and we were already working together in Florida. Actually, I think that's mm-hmm. where we started you and I, mm-hmm. and then, um, I decided at that point I was going to move back to my hometown of Coeur d'Alene, go to school, went to school, got a graphic design degree, graduated, uh, with a graphic design uh, major, um, worked at some agencies in Spokane, found out that I could do this. I could, I could, start an agency and mm-hmm. uh, I see that because I had the entrepreneurial like mindset and the idea of I'm kind of a risk taker. So if like I have an idea and I think it's good enough, I'll try it. Even if it failed, I'll still want to do it. 
And so I did it. I stepped out. I did it. I had one paycheck from my previous job. Started uh, kind of helping people and clients, small businesses, uh, with their branding, websites, stuff like that, videos, um, one by one. Um, worked from coffee shops, got clients like you, uh, offered to do their logos and brands and reached out through social media and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Got started getting clients. Eventually got too busy where I needed to start hiring somebody and I had to make a decision whether I was just going to cap it and just make my own money or I was going to hire people. Um, it kind of went so fast and the demand was so high that I started just hiring people that I knew that I trusted. And now, uh, current day, I went through, have went through one full rebrand of my company. Uh, we now employ 10 people full time. Uh, we have two offices, one in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and one in Spokane, Washington. And what we do is basically we're an advertising firm. So if basically you've seen Mad Men. Uh, and you see how they do their job. That's how we kind of do our job. Our job is to take on, you know, clients, businesses, enterprises, uh, large scale companies down to a small business and um, communicate their message. So it's not just building assets, logos and websites. It's actually building the assets, deploying them so we can turn their one dollar into two or take their awareness. That's nothing into something. Uh, whatever basically keeps our, our clients up at night. We want to solve those problems. So. That's the that's kind of my trajectory from you know just doing some graphic design here and there and then now now I own it so I'm not doing any design um, the only design I do is for you know myself or for my wife or something like that. So you basically just went from average to savage. I did. I did exactly <laughs> what ER podcast says to do. So I just follow the average savage blueprint by Paul Guarino and, uh, and you'll see success every time. Uh, so wait, going back though, I know you went to college, uh, at what age were you? I know you went back like later and I just want to know what the reason yeah. was behind that. Early thirties. So I think it was like 31 or something. And mm-hmm. I was just, I just remember thinking like, I got to get my shit together. I am just taking odd jobs. I was working like selling satellite dishes and mm-hmm. selling memberships to random things. I was doing loss mitigation in the mortgage industry, just stuff that I didn't enjoy. Like I like selling, I like talking on the phone, but I wanted to sell something that was mine, you know, and I didn't even thought I wanted to sell. I just, I'm just taking jobs, man, you know, yeah. and, and it wasn't, and then you, you, when you take jobs, you're just getting paid and you never really, and if I worked my way up at any, any of those jobs, I knew that it wouldn't be something that I would, uh, it would be sustainable. I knew yeah. that I needed to have something of my own. And so I just kind of said, hey, what is the one thing that I've been doing for years that I enjoy doing? Um, and it was graphic design. So I was like, well, I'm going to double down on that. So then I, when I was living in Sarasota at the time and I said, well, I will either go to the Ringling uh, College of the Arts, which is in Sarasota, Florida, and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to college and learn how to use Adobe. Or I, or I will go to North Idaho College, where I'm from, and spend $30,000 and learn how to use Adobe. So I chose to go to North Idaho College and spend less money and have less uh, student debt. And um, that's what I did. I spent three years, and I really took it seriously. When I went to school, there were a lot of people that go to school. And it really, if I interject any kind of lesson into my colleges, I mean, it doesn't your degree does not matter. It matters what you get out of your learning. Like I go to, I went to college to learn. Mm-hmm. I went to college to learn the tools so I could apply them in the real world. Like, and there's so many people that went with me and they're just like doodling and they're doing things that don't make money or they're doing things they don't love. And they're just trying to get a job after college and 
which is fine. But um, I went in there to for with a purpose. And when I went there, I I excelled. Like I excelled so much, I was getting scholarships out of in college and um, running awards, and it was awesome. And that's not why I did it, but I just really applied myself. And when I got out, I kept that mentality. And now here I am with with a cool cool business with so much more. Mm so many more things that I'd like to do and even things I don't know what I'd want to do. I'm still trying to figure that out. So yeah, yeah, much yeah. living in a, in a constant state of discontentment sometimes, but I think that sometimes that's good because it pushes you not to be stagnant, but it's also bad because it's hard to find that, that level of normalcy or peace, you know? Yeah. And I think obviously since you were older, you were, I think you were uh, hungrier than like say an 18 year old in college. <laughs> Right, yeah, I've already gone through all yeah. the bullshit. You yeah, know? It's yeah, like, exactly. I didn't need to go to parties at night. I mean, I still did, but I, I didn't need to, and it yeah. wasn't, like, everything to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then also going back, could you tell me, like, the story on how you basically created the original Beast Mode shirt? Oh, yeah, the Marshall and Lynch story? Yeah. Um, well, I really liked it. So I'm a Buffalo Bills fan in my heart. I love the Bills. I've loved the Bills since no, I was doing good this year. So I was like, since I was six years old. I'm not even talking about it because I don't want to. I'm not going <laughs> to let this. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I was a Buffalo Bills fan since I was about five or six years old, and I just loved them. And, and the irony of it all is, I liked them because of their logo. It was weird, you know. I just like thought the logo was cool, and they were playing. I'm actually a genuinely bandwagon fan. I joined the Bills. Uh, fan base when they were one of the best in the league back in the day when they went to four Super Bowls in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones they lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, those are, I, so I joined then. And then obviously, then stayed a fan. Okay, so fast forward, Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch gets drafted to the Buffalo Bills along with Paul Puzlesny. Um Huge, two huge pickups, I thought, at the time. And I loved Marshawn, I loved his attitude. Of everything about him. He was my favorite player of all time. And I was like, when I started getting into design, he'd already been on the team a couple of years. And I was like, well, I'm going to, he had the, he had this thing in Buffalo that he called beast mode. And it was not viral yet. It was not anything. Nobody knew about it other than the, like kind of the bills fan base. He would talk about it a little bit. I'm sure mm-hmm. the you know, Cal, I'm sure Cal knew about it, his college, but it wasn't like this big thing yet. And I was like, well, I'm going to make a beast mode shirt. So, because uh, I think that's awesome. So I designed this beast motor, and in the middle of my design, Marshawn Lynch got traded to the Seahawks, which in my football world devastated me because uh, I hate the Seahawks, but I love Marshawn Lynch. And uh, <laughs> he goes to the Seahawks, so I changed the colors of my shirt. And I guess the benefit is I live five hours from Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this will be cool. So I created the shirts, and I made them all Seahawk colors. And I started selling them online on my big cartel site that, you know, just throw up a store real quick. Mm-hmm. I, I went all in. I spent $2,000 of my own money, like printing the shirts. I had all stacks of inventory in my spare bedroom of beast mode shirts thinking I'm going to sell them. I sold nothing. Nobody bought my shirts. Nobody cared. And I just kind of gave up and I had all this inventory and I was like really bummed. And um, I started like randomly promoting them when I felt like it. And I was just like, gosh, this sucks. I eventually tagged Marshawn Lynch on Twitter and then I am sitting, I remember I was in Sarasota sitting in a parking lot and someone called me and it was Marshawn Lynch's um, like marketing agent mm-hmm. from Octagon Sports. His name was Devin Lassert yep. and he calls me and he talks about that Marshawn had saw those shirts and he liked them. And I'm thinking at that point, oh, they're going to tell me to stop. That sucks. 
yeah. uh, this is over with. Or they're going to sue me, you know, because I, I didn't know anything about how that worked. And he goes, no, no, he likes them. We just want a cut of your sales. And I go, oh, how much? And they said 20%. So I said, okay, well, send me the agreement, but hold on real quick. So I called a friend of mine who was way better at business than I am. And he told me to negotiate. So I did. I didn't negotiate the number. Um, what I did was I told Marshawn Lynch's agent, I said, I just want Marshawn to guarantee that he'll promote the shirts on his Twitter account and that he'll sign a hundred shirts for me that I can sell. And he was like, deal, deal, done. And I was like, sweet. And then uh, after that, uh, Marshawn's Twitter account back then started promoting the Beast Mode church, which he wasn't selling, nor did he have a brand for it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing any of this yet. Um, I was the only Beast Mode apparel available that was exclusively under license. Not ex- I mean, it wasn't an exclusive contract, mm-hmm. but it was the only one that he was promoting at the time. So I felt pretty awesome at the time. And of course, I got the follow from Marshawn, which led to more follows from other NFL celebrities and people in the NFL network and got me some great connections such as Mike Silver and Warren Sapp and all these different NFL entities and Walter Jones and all these kind of things are pretty cool. I mean, they don't know, you know, we're not like buddies, but yeah, we were connected because of it. It was pretty cool because I would send them shirts and they would want the shirts and they would get promoted and they would be like, Marshawn, I want your shirts. And he'd be like, sweet, go to CJ. And they'd go to me and I would send them shirts and um, and we'd have like Twitter message conversations. And, and then Mike Silver reached out to me because he was a Cal alum and he wanted a shirt, Beast Mode shirt. So him and I became actual friends where uh, Mike Silver had me out to Seattle for a football game and Mon- Monday night or like a football game in Seattle where I hung out with Mike Silver for a little bit. I was a very a reputable reporter at the NFL Network, hung out in which we would exchange text messages of Mike Silver giving Beast Mode shirts to Robert Kraft and Aaron Rodgers and all this kind of stuff. And it was a pretty cool moment in my life. And I made like, I didn't make a ton of money, but I made a lot of great contacts and I will never really be able to distinguish the ROI of it. I just know it did something for me. And I thought that was pretty cool. And you know what's funny about that, talking about it, the 100 shirts that I wanted Marshawn to sign, I never, we never mm-hmm. actually followed through with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm, I remember so, that. <laughs> yeah. So, long story, uh, long story ending is uh, Marshawn ended up breaking off and making his own Beast Mode brand, which is thriving today, which is awesome. I think it's great. It's not because of me at all. I'm sure it was part of the plan, but he just kind of did his own thing. And um, my Beast Mode era with, my partnership with Marshawn Lynch ended. However, I think that's a pretty cool uh, time in my life. I liked it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Did you ever get to meet him? No, I did not. That, that I, well, I wanted to, but yeah. I just could never arrange it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make it happen one day. Yeah, well, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he's not that interested in meeting me. But <laughs> <laughs> wow, you got you technically have the original Beast Mode shirt. Yeah, because he, I know he ordered some from me. He didn't pay for them. He, but he didn't just want a few for him. He, I sent him like twenty something shirts for him and his family, uh, all on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully true. he still has them. If he's, if he, if any of the Marshawn Lynch uh, team uh, or posse or uh, his entourage or his friends or his agents or him are listening right now, um, I'd love to see one of those shirts because uh, I don't, I don't think I have one. I may have one. I think I still have it somewhere. Maybe I you should post a picture. Yeah, and then um, I think that's that's actually I believe how I found you because I was searching. because yeah, I was searching for Beast Mode shirts, and then I like the design, oh, okay. and then that's when I reach out to you, and then and then I remember I bought one, and then you were doing the giveaway thing. This is this is funny too because it's like before everyone does giveaways now, and I, it's it's like a normal thing now, but it wasn't then. 
And then I remember I predicted the score of the Super Bowl, and that's how I won the second shirt. Oh yeah, yeah. And then that that gave us the exact score. So that's a, I was crazy. It was the Giants uh, Patriots Super Bowl. The sec- I think it was the second one. Yeah, or maybe the second one. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So then. So basically, because of Marshawn Lynch's Beast Mode shirts, we're talking right now. Pretty pretty much. It's <laughs> freaking awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah. So so then that's how I wanted to get into next is like. When I contacted you to make the PG Sports logo, I wanted to know what your process yeah. was like to make that. I know it's like eight years ago now, but the PG Sports logo, yeah. Oh, just just time, man, and you know, just a normal process of putting together what you wanted, listening to you, what the brand was about. Anytime you create a brand or a logo, it's never about the art. It is about the art, but um, it's more about look. You could be successful with any logo you want as long as you're doing the right things and you're passionate about your brand and you're moving forward, um, you're moving forward with it. You can, you can be successful with, with anything. So the important thing when you're going to design a brand or do a new brand, or you're going to create a company you want to logo is make sure that your artist is, or your designer or your artist is listening to you as to what it means to them, because they're the ones that are going to have to listen. They're going to ones that have to see the logo every single day. They're going to have to, look at their website they have to be feel empowered by their brand you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so obviously great creative and great art goes into it and that you that should go without saying anytime you're gonna hire or take on a creative uh to do some work on a brand you want to make sure they're good you shouldn't you want to make sure their art is good but most of it are they listening to you and that's what i did man so you wanted something you were a hustler you're trying to start your brand starting something that is now super awesome and like growing and uh your following is super loyal it's still your your love is still rocking it's still doing well and it makes you happy all i did was just listen to you you know what i mean and listen to what you wanted and still to this day hopefully when you look at it you love it and it empowers you to continue to go and it just it's it's you now it's a part of you so that's what i did i listened (laughs) yeah i mean i don't even remember what 19 year old paul said but yeah, it came out dope. And obviously, because I'm still yeah. using it eight years later. <laughs> yeah, you've done so many cool things with it. You've, like, reached, uh, what I love too is you've taken the same concepts and then you've made, like, different colors. You've done camo. You've done all these different things. And you've had me come in on some of those occasions to redesign it, just do the color variations of it. One of my favorite PG Sports shirts is that camo one, even though it's not camo, it's that green, you know? But, yeah. It was cool. I liked it. I still, probably the PG Sports shirt I wear the most is one I didn't even make. The Blood, Sweat, and Success. Oh my God. That's the, that's the, that's like the best selling one. I, like, really, yeah. everyone, and actually, I don't know if you saw it, like, kind of pissed me off this year when uh, The Rock came out with Blood. Well, you already had Blood, Sweat, Respect, <laughs> but they pretty much made the exact same design. Design, yeah. In, well, the, in the triangle with the, his well, logo in the middle. You can send Dwayne Johnson the rock a cease and desist and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, that won't probably go over well. Well, it's really Under Armour, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, but that, that'll happen all the time, you know. Well, no, I also remember the breast cancer stuff that you were doing. People oh, were copying. Like, oh yeah, that was a college. Copying the pixel for pixel. Yeah, that yeah they copied your design that you made. It's for crazy, me. right? Yeah, that one was weird. That was and that was like a year later too. Yeah, they just didn't even like try yeah. to change it. Yeah, that, was, that was weird. I just saw it randomly too. It just sounded like that was weird. All right, so yeah, so 
I know you kind of already touched on it, but what was what was it like starting your own uh, company? I know originally it was CJEP Studios. Yeah, it was scary, man. You just got to take those chances and step out because a lot of times you're doing it with little to no help or advice. And I would say now is some of the best investments you can make if you're going to start a company is hiring somebody that has uh, some great perspective. I think a lot of times when we start a business, we devalue actual advice and we just value commodity. You know, so like a commodity would be like, I need a, web, a website and a logo and I need um, a building and an office and a desk. Like, those are all things that you can get anywhere, right? So we mm-hmm. spend all our money there. Yeah. I think your best bet is always to hire strategy and direction. Like, okay, I'm going to start a business. How should I do this? Where should I do it? What's my goal for five years? And should I have employees or should I not? Um, you start planning ahead. I mean, I did not do that at, right at the beginning. I was winging it and I was just busy and I was just learning basically everything I've learned in my industry and in my business has been by trial and error the hard way. And I do not recommend it. Eventually I didn't wise up. I hired a business coach uh, to help me who I still um, meet with every, every week. Um, And that business coach cost me $32,000 to hire. And uh, I did not have $32,000 laying around. As a matter of fact, I was stressing, bro. Like, I did not know, but I knew absolutely the value of it was very essential. And I did it. I pulled that trigger. And I think as a business owner, whether it be day one of your business or day or year 50, you're going to constantly make decisions that are going to scare you and that are going to stretch you. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like to, just like today, man, like me and my wife went and we made a big purchase on some things that we wanted for our home. And it was really hard because you're like, gosh, like I made, I spent like X amount of money and spent a thousand dollars on this purchase. And you're like, gosh, that's a thousand dollars I could have used for something else. Or, mm-hmm. uh, man, and you just, and, you, and for me, sometimes by doing those things or making the scary steps, it kind of makes the fishbowl bigger. You know what I mean? And if you know that analogy, a fish will grow to the size of its fishbowl, right? So you think you could put a, uh, like a fish in a small bowl, it'll just stay the same size. You put it in a pool, it'll get as big as it wants, you know? And so that that's the concept. When you stretch yourself and you make take risks and hopefully calculated risks but with advice and strategy tied behind it and you're not know, just being stupid, um, and, but it's also so scary, mm-hmm. you'll grow into that. And I like that. I like that today I made a purchase that we wanted to make and we're like, okay, now... My goal now is to make that money back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Put that money back in the account. Like yeah. now, I have a goal to go for, um, and so that's what it feels like to start a business, and that's what it feels like at day one. And that's sometimes that's what it feels like right now, as a matter of fact. And then you have to fight, you know, also not burnout, uh, but you have to fight like stagnancy. I think if you're not taking risk and you're not scaring yourself, then you can just get stagnant. And I've been there as well, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, no, I definitely feel you on that stuff too. And uh, yeah, just like when you you make like a ton of small purchases and you don't really think it's that much money, and then it all adds up. But when you make a yeah. big purchase, you're like, oh shit. Or you hire your first employee. <laughs> yeah, or that. You're like, oh damn, I gotta pay this employee, you know, and uh, you know, sixty grand this year, and somehow, and they're and they're expecting their payouts every two weeks. And, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a tough one. <clears throat> so going into that, what? advice would you give someone starting a brand or a company? I would say, what I already said, I'd say, make sure that 
um, you make sure if you want to start a brand or a company, make sure it's what you love to do. Mm-hmm. And I would say that if you're going to do it, make sure it doesn't feel like work. Make sure you're fired up to do it. Make sure that it also, I'd say right right now, a piece of advice, make sure it gives back to you. And if that doesn't mean monetary uh, return, then make sure it gives back to you in fulfillment in regards to like, hey, I did this today and I wanted to do it and it was awesome and it makes me feel awesome to do this. I'd say that's very, very important. I'd say if you're just trying to wing it and make money just and start any business, like if you're wanting to, you know, anything, you want to sell tires, you hate tires and you hate that, but you know it's a hot market, I'd say that's a bad choice, no matter the market. The market's hot and people want tires. As long as you're motivated, if you're motivated by money, you know, I guess that'll work for you, but that won't last very long. I just say make sure you love it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree with you on that one. All right, I got some fun questions for you. They're going to go from average oh, okay. to savage. Okay, fun questions. <laughs> All right, so what, what's your favorite song right now? Oh, uh, my favorite song? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to look at my Spotify real quick. <laughs> I'll just tell you the song, the song that's in my head right now that I've been listening to the past few days. I've been liking, okay, well, first of all, I've been listening to a lot of Two Feet, and that's T-W-O-F-E-E-T, and I like his music. But the song that I've been listening to today and the other day and just in my head is called Vincent by Ellie Golding. It's called Vincent. Okay. I heard of the artist. I haven't heard of the song. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty mellow. Actually, yeah, what I'm about to do in 2020 uh, is, is launch the website for for the podcast, and then everyone that answered yeah. that, I'm going to make the playlist for it. Oh, nice. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Well, make sure you put my favorite band on there, too. All right. Cigarettes, cigarettes After Sex is my favorite <laughs> band. All right. And then what about for 2020 fantasy football? I know you're a big fantasy football guy. Who's gonna? Who would be yeah. your first-round pick? Uh, 2020 next year? Yeah, if you get the, if you get the uh, first pick yeah, overall. Next year? Mm, that's a good one. Not, I'm not going to say Lamar Jackson. <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. Did you know I traded Lamar Jackson for Sammy Watkins right before week two? Oh, this year? Yeah. Oh, no. Sammy blew up at 42 points, and I lost Tyree Kill to an injury. And I had Tom Brady, too. I'm like, oh, Lamar and Tom Brady, they'll just wash it about five points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the case at all. <laughs> well, <clears throat> that's a tough question. Um, if I were to first overall, um, I, wanna, I won't say McCaffrey either because I don't trust his third year. But I would say maybe um, Mark Ingram. All right. You know what? Yeah, I'll say Mark Ingram. <laughs> All right. And uh, what about, can you give me three artists or, like, brands that, like, inspired you over the years? Russell Brand. <laughs> All right. That's yeah, true. <laughs> um, and artists or brands. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenza. All right. And uh, I'm trying to think of a brand and not so much of a person. It inspires me. What's that? Oh, yeah. I have goat minded. That inspires me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I will just say what I always say Gary Vaynerchuk. Okay. I thought you were going to say, what's his name? Uh, The cupcake guy. Johnny Cupcakes. Johnny Cupcakes. I actually haven't talked or connected or even went to that Johnny Cupcake site in like years. I'm, I'm completely disconnected from that. Gotcha. All right. La- last I one. I don't, I don't want to though. Oh, uh, 
right. <laughs> and last one, uh, if you weren't running your own uh, company, what do you think you'd be doing? Like, if I can make believe what I want to do or, like, yeah, what I, what's practical? Like, uh, both. Okay, if I can make believe what I would be doing, I'd be an actor and a musician. But right. I would need to learn how to be a musician. I'd probably be an actor. Let's just say actor. That's my, that's my secret desire. So if you're watching, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and you want to take a chance on a really charismatic, articulate speaker to be in your new film... Hit me up. If I had to be practical, I would want to be a uh, therapist. All right. I could definitely see that. Oh, that's nice. What do you think? <laughs> the actor. I mean, you could, I could see that, too. It would just have to, obviously, you start somewhere and you rise up. Yeah, man. I don't, well, well, you said I can make believe, so I'm already <laughs> successful. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Can you let the people know where they can follow you? Yeah, you can follow me at Corey Michael Alice on Instagram. Just spell it out, Corey Michael Alice. That's all I need. Just go to that one place, and you can find everything from there. All right, again, I appreciate it, and we'll be talking. All right, Paul. Thanks, all right, we'll see you. Have a good one.